Hi, I'm Judy Carter, and this is the Power Purpose Podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love doing, which is getting harder and harder, especially for speakers, especially during the COVID pandemic, where gigs are canceled, um, we are stuck at home, we're not traveling anymore. And that's why I wanted to have my guest here today. He's one of my clients. We worked together on his speech. And then COVID hit, and he's managed to, to transition into making money doing online courses. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Hi, Judy. Hey, it's so good to be with you here again after all these months in isolation, even though we're together virtually. <laughs> I know we're doing this over Zoom, but at least we can see each other. Um, so here's what happened. When I first met you, you mentioned that, oh, you you wanted me to work with you, right? Right. And I almost fired you as a client, right? Yes, you did. <laughs> Which I rarely do because I really do like when people go, here's some money. Can you help me? And I usually say yes. Yeah, you Why did I almost it all fire back, you? As I recall. What? You offered to give me my money back because it was, <laughs> well, I mean, I'll just say I was going through a career transition and was very unclear as to what direction I wanted to take. And part of working with you was that, well, a big part of it was finding what's the new story going to be because I had lots of messes and lots of successes. And so we, we had to figure out, well, which mess and which success is the one to focus on. And yeah, that was a big part of what we did, actually. It was very useful. Well, Josh is um, really smart. And sometimes when people are really smart and very entrepreneurial, I mean, you it's hard because every every week you would come up, no, I want to talk about this and this and this and this. And, yeah. and at the time I met you and I saw your video, um, your speeches had um, a kind of through line, right? And you were getting work because you're very charismatic on stage, but you had a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, it was, you were doing hypnosis all of a sudden. You were I knew doing it was all over the place, right? Magic tricks. My background. I have. I have various. You know, we all have many facets to our lives, and I wasn't quite sure which one should be the focus of the speech because I come from an entertainment background. So I just like getting up on stage with a microphone in my hand in front of an audience and just you know wind me up and let me go. But there needed to be some central theme and arc to the presentation. Like I, mean, I should just mention, perhaps, like my background is both as a voiceover actor for animation, lots of movies and TV shows where I did voice work, and then separately I've had a career for a long time as a stage performer, variety entertainer, magic, mentalism, and hypnosis, like you referred to earlier. And and then I wrote a book. Actually, I wrote, I've written several books. So, like, where do I draw from and how do I congeal that message in a way that makes sense for audiences where I'm not reinventing it all the time? That and was kind of the process. A lot of our listeners can so relate to that. I know I have so many uh, magicians and performers and comics listening on this on this podcast who want 
the lucrative corporate box, as we all know. I mean, I, I've told a story earlier on this podcast of working a cruise ship as a, a keynote speaker for a company. And I did one show and got like, oh my God, crazy money, $25,000. And I got to be the guest the entire week. And the comics and the magicians were staying in a room without a window. Maybe they had a little porthole. They were told to eat in the kitchen. They got 1500 for the week. And what was the difference was the difference was um, my perceived value was that I had a message. So I have so many comics and performers going like, I want to transition to this and uh, a message. So uh, first we started with what I always start with everybody is looking at their past and seeing what they've gotten paid to do. And in this case, you did voiceover work. So what was the voiceover work that you did? I've, I've been in so many projects, but the one that I'm most closely associated with is I star in a series and a series of movies called Digimon, which is, I guess, the direct competitor of Pokemon. In fact, we have another movie coming out. In fact, I was out in Los Angeles voicing it the day the studio shut down because all of LA shut down back in March. And I live in Florida now and was concerned I wasn't going to be able to get back home again. But I recorded the rest of it from here in my home office turned into home recording studio now. So, so yeah, doing... Digimon and SpongeBob and Power Rangers and... Come on, do a uh, voice. So do a vo Can you do one of the, what the voices sound yeah, yeah, like? Uh, I play Ty, the leader of the Digimon. <laughs> Ahumon Digivolve. That would be the main one that I'm known for. Right. So um, then it became what I was playing around with in my brain that in corporate, people don't want to learn how to become voiceover artists, but they we found we found something that i felt would be very valuable to the corporate market and and you want to tell us a little bit about yeah. well, I how we found we, and what we found yeah well it was so interesting because i i did a lot of journaling and like we said bouncing around ideas and then one day we were conversing and you said you know i'm kind of i would like to no you know what it was it was there was some democratic uh, candidates that were giving speeches at the time. Do you remember that? And I yes. sent you this long email about how what I'm hearing as a voice actor and somebody who's very attuned to the voice and how each person comes across to me, not in terms of the content or the policy positions, but just in terms of their character and how it lands energetically with me, the, the sound and the tone of their voice. And you said, that's it. That's what people want to learn because everybody has some insecurities surrounding their voice. And I thought, is that a thing? Like, is that a track? Is that something for which people would actually pay to learn? And as it turns out, yeah, this is this has been a really good turn for me in my career because it's something I understand innately from being in the voiceover world for decades now and just being a very auditory person. Also, it's a track within the area of communication skills. Right. It's dealing with how do we impact and influence other people based on the sound and the tone of our voice, irrespective of the content of the message. That's really what my keynote and training and my whole business is now. Right. And what title? At. What was the title that we just, we came up with? Do you remember what it was? What it is? Yeah, I don't. I mean, originally, we, again, that went through 
a lot of iterations, which is great. I mean, it, it's it's a process. And actually, I want to stress that for the listeners too. Like we we did the work, and it was work that was important to do because what we ended up with was train your voice, change your life, secrets of a celebrity voice actor. But that oh, was yes. after, right? But that was after I don't know reams of paperwork used on many other reams options. of paperwork. Yeah. I'm 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 that that is that is amazing because you're right it came out it was during the democratic primary yeah. and and um oh here's the title of i just found it unleash your power voice that change your voice mm-hmm. and change your life was yeah. um w- was what we did uh when people were still giving keynotes yeah and and that you're right that came out of because we I was looking at my news feed for the uh, Democratic primary and a lot of the criticism was for women and their their whiny voices or their less powerful voices and that is this a voice that you want to listen to for four years even if the, the person's the most qualified person has the will be the best person for the job there's something about quality of voices and you and I started to talk about that. And then it went into, um, cause we always start off a speech with talking about connecting to the audience with a question. And I think the question was that you would ask the audience at the beginning, how many of you hate your voice? How many of you can't listen to your voice back on a recording, (laughs) right? And then we looked it up on the internet and found like, oh my God, practically everyone, including me, like right now I'm trying to, I'm doing this podcast early in the morning because I felt like, oh, I'm talking to Joshua Seth. I won't, my voice won't be by my four o'clock voice, which is, hi Seth. How are you? I'm very stressed out. It's been a very long day. Yeah. So I'm trying to, because I learned that from listening and working on your keynote about tone, right? That, Mm -hmm. and that there are things you can do to change the tone of your voice, right? Beginning with warm up exercises, which I did this morning myself. Uh, This is my third interview today, although it's afternoon where I am. And I always do that in the morning, the way that people train their bodies and go to the gym. People that are really into going to the gym, they say, oh, I'm, you know, dude, I miss going to the gym this week. I just ugh, feel, like they feel, they feel wrong somehow yes. when we think they're crazy. But with me, it's the same with the vocal warm-ups. If I don't do my breathing exercise and my vocalization exercises in the morning, I somehow, I feel off. And that's also because in my own mess to success story, to use your phrase, when I became an adult, even when I started to become a voice actor, my voice hadn't really changed. I still sounded very young, like a teenager. And I myself got training in order to learn to open up its vocal capacity and have range and impact and power myself. And I know oh, if I don't yes. keep doing these exercises, well, I, I fear that if I don't do the exercises, yeah, I'll just go back to sounding like a kid again. A lot of people don't understand um, that when... Um, you call yourself an expert, it brings up a lot of fear. And a lot of people then will retreat from becoming a speaker or becoming an influencer, feeling like, well, I don't have that confidence. 
But what they don't realize is that everything that every speaker talks about is something that they need to learn, right? I mean, that as a child, you were talking about how you would go through Burger King and they go, <laughs> you know. As an uh, adult, I would go through, they would think that I was the kid in the car. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, okay, ma'am, because you had a high voice, right? And you had to yeah. work on it. I owned a house at one point in my 20s. I mean, this is after I was already working voice actor in Hollywood and like, quote unquote, successful. I owned a house that people, would, telemarketers would call and they would refuse to solicit me. I mean, come on. Like, they're, they're, they're not selling me because yes, they're asking. Can you please yeah, put, you, put your mom on the phone? Yeah, can you put your mom house? on the phone? Yeah. Okay, so, so what was so- I've lived this. What was so interesting about this is um, you weren't really talking about this at the time that we met. And yet, if you really look at it um, as an outsider, me looking at it was going, this is what you do. This is your specialty. And it was there all the time. Why do you think you couldn't see that? I mean, that is an interesting point because not only did I not see it, but when we first started talking about it, I didn't want to do it and actively resisted it. And I think <laughs> that is so true of everybody with me. When I say, you know, as an outsider, looking at your life, this is where you've been the most successful. This is what you, you've been doing. Why wouldn't you want to bank on that? Part of it's fear, because then I have to disclose aspect of myself that I'm embarrassed about, right? That having a high or a young sounding voice, which now I'm not embarrassed anymore because now I have a technique and I can help other people. And I mean, it's really wonderful. Like I, I got a video on uh, from a student uh, recently from an online course and he his before and after, I, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't even know that it was the same person if I weren't seeing the video. Like the the transformation was that dramatic. So it's not embarrassing to me now. I'm happy to share it. But at that time, it wasn't something that I was public about. I just want to sound cool and confident, like I was born this way, right? Like I just slid out Isn't of the Isn't that interesting that, on. Yeah, that the very things amazing. that we hide from are the very things that become our purpose in life? Um, and turn your weakness into a strength if you'll own it. Yeah. If you own it. And that's what I, I work with a lot of high-end people like CEOs. And I say, listen, tell me about a time in your life you failed. And they don't want to talk about that. And I said, well, it's absolutely necessary mm -hmm. for you to share with your team, your employees, um, your journey. Because just being CEO means nothing unless we have an idea um, something makes you relatable that you were just like them, struggling, didn't know where to turn, didn't know what to do, was embarrassed. And, and yet from that point, you worked yourself up to this position of power. Um, so, so let's now talk about what happened because we spent three months together working on your speech, um, which people don't understand to really develop a keynote um, that goes on to make money is quite a process because you have to find not only what your your points are, your content, your methodology, but then your stories, right? Which yeah. which yeah. was really great in finding we did all that. We did all that work, even considering I was already 
getting booked as a keynote speaker. Like, it wasn't like I was brand new to this and didn't know what I was doing. It was that I knew enough to, to know that I needed to let go of what I had been doing to find something better. So you redesigned, you retooled, not retooled, we actually just completely we <laughs> threw out the, the old and part, you kept going. threw it out and started over. Yeah. yeah, you kept going, I want to put a magic trick in here. I need to put yeah. a magic trick yeah. in. No. That was the no. hardest. Honestly, that was the hardest thing was when I took everything off my website to rebrand it, you know, for the new direction after coronavirus. We'll get to that later. But then I was like, okay, I have to completely let go of everything I had been doing. It doesn't serve who I am now and where I'm going and to let go of that. Once I made the decision and did it, it was very freeing, but that was a hard decision to make. That is yeah. so hard. It's so hard for everybody to let go of their winning formula. That very thing that made them a lot of money was really great. It worked while it worked, but it actually then becomes the very thing that's holding you back, right? Because it's... It didn't, well, I mean, it, it's hard to identify if it's holding you back, if it's still making you money. It was just holding me at the same place. It wasn't allowing me to progress beyond. Yes, yes. Oh, uh, it's, it's like, uh, what's his name? Marshall, I forgot his last name, his book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Yeah. So, because his book is all about letting go. Uh, he works with highly successful people to get to next level and they go, well, all this stuff got me here and many of it's superstitious. And anyway, so here we go. We get you and, and you got some really positive feedback, right? Didn't you from this, this uh, complete rebranding of what you do as a oh. keynoter? So right when we finished everything and I was starting to get booked to do the new keynote, then coronavirus hit and everything shut down. And I lost all these gigs. I mean, my whole schedule, like all of us in entertainment and live events and speaking, for me, it was within 48 hours. And I was just flabbergasted, stunned, not able to do anything initially because who predicts that such a thing is going to occur? And then once I was able to move past that, I recognized this as an opportunity, which is even difficult to articulate now because, I, I mean, people are hurting and they're dying. And yet there's two sides to every coin, at least. And the other side of that is when there's great change, there's great opportunity. And one of those opportunities is online. So I'm of the mind and was from the very beginning that this isn't something that's just going to go away. We can't just wish it away. It's not, it's going to change how we do business and how we interact with one another and how we present forever. Even, even if there's a, a treatment modality that's effective in the next year or so, it's going to take time to propagate that throughout society. In the meantime, our habits will have changed because we have all become acclimated to and accustomed to using technology to do these things virtually that we used to do face to face. Yes. And, and what's so amazing is like, you know, everyone and their grandmother now is online, Zoom, FaceTime and yeah. podcasting. And anybody who has a business has a podcast. And what, what it becomes then is really about your voice. So the voice becomes all important because we really no longer have physicality 
Um, right. And we don't, we don't have, you know, look at, <laughs> you go into a meeting, I love your shoes. Nobody's seen my shoes for That's, a, that's <laughs> all part February. of owning the room, right? When we would show up physically, we want to own the room to be the center of attention or to be influential in that environment. Well, how do we own the Zoom room? How do we own the virtual room? It's through a camera and a microphone. Well, there's only so much we can do about how we look, but there's a lot we can do about how we sound. So owning the room virtually, that is the voice. And that for me, that's the big opportunity now with the virtual keynotes that I'm giving now and the online trainings that I'm doing. And it's scalable. The best thing for anybody that's listening right now to realize is whatever your business was before, if and when you put it online, it becomes scalable to an extent that you could never do personally because you can only be in one place at one time physically, but you can be all around the world simultaneously online. Right. Here I am. 10 a.m. It's India and mm -hmm. 2 p.m. It's Canada. So and I don't have to go through, uh, take my shoes off and go through TSA. Yeah. So let's let's talk about now. So you have now. So we've gone from I'm doing magic. I'm entertainer to doing keynotes on the power of your voice. Mm -hmm. and using your voice to be more influential in your career and your business and your life. And now Corona hits and now we turn it to webinars and online training for corporations. So let's mm -hmm. end this by giving people a few tips on how they can instantly improve their voice. Sure. And I'm going to characterize that in terms of online since that's what we've been talking about this whole time so if there are comedians or speakers or performers out there that are giving online presentations right now the very first thing that i'll recommend that you do is develop your diaphragmatic breathing because the breath is what supports the sound of your voice and if your breath control is weak the sound will be thin and broken you know when people like take a breath in the middle of Speaking like that might not be yeah. so so vocally obvious, but that diminishes your impact. It also gives other people a way to talk over you and interrupt you as well. So begin to do breath exercises, breathing exercises. A very simple one, just in a moment here, is called ujjayi breathing, which if you practice yoga, you may have encountered before, which is where you breathe in through your nose slowly, hold, and then exhale, making a whispered, sound like the sound of an ocean in through the nose hold very slow out and then you repeat that whatever the count is that you use you keep it consistent and you repeat it and you only focus your consciousness on the breath the, the action of the breath the sound of the breath it will anchor your consciousness in the present moment it will be very calming to you it will increase your breath control and deepen your voice and resonance. So if you just do that before you get on an online meeting like this, even that will have a positive impact on what you do. Now, do you hold it, let's say, for four counts and breathe out four counts? Is it the same timing for each aspect? As long as it's the same. Honestly, there's no right or wrong way people teach that different ways. You could breathe in for four seconds through your nose, hold it for two seconds, out for four. There's something else called box breathing where you would say breathe in on a four count, hold for four, out for four, hold for four, and repeat. Whatever is comfortable 
for you as long as it's consistent in the count and that you do it you do that several like 10 times or for a minute put a put a timer on if you do just that every morning it that will have a benefit as simple as that sounds but sometimes the most simple exercises done mindfully and repetitiously can have the greatest impact okay that's great so breathing what's another exercise another one is to yawn so Yawning, there's four muscles in your vocal cords that go down and four that lift them up, depending on what you're doing. And if you yawn like that, you could even make a descending siren sound like What that does is it, it brings your Adam's apple down, brings your larynx down. Adam's apple is the part of your throat that juts out slightly. <sighs> that feels good. Every, <laughs> Every, yes, don't try not to take a nap. Falling asleep here. Yes. Everybody has, a, has a, a, an Adam's apple that rises and falls when you speak. Now, we shouldn't seek to force it down because it's possible to, to sound like you're forced, you know, like, hey, you know, check out my Mustang in the parking lot. That's not what we're going for. But you can naturally train your vocal apparatus to open up lower and deepen the tone just by yawning couple times it's contagious you... isn't it people listening i bet you're yawning it's so contagious <laughs> yes. okay well, so we have breathing opens... we have yawning yeah and what's the third one up and it relaxes it relaxes the throat as well uh, another one let's go for something completely different how about tongue twisters so it's particularly important when you're being recorded like this that you be articulate in your manner of speech so in daily conversation, we can get lazy with our pronunciation of things. But when you're, when you're writ large, essentially, in, in the Zoom room like we are right now, and everybody's staring at your face close up, in other words, you're not 50 feet, 100 feet away up on a stage where they can't really make things out, but they can actually almost read your lips as they're looking at you, it becomes even more important that you have good articulation. So, articulation. Yes, people used to study elocution after all. Doesn't it sound phony? Doesn't it sound phony if I'm going to be articulating every word, you know? Starting to sound British. If you put on an yes, if you put on a silly British accent, that's not really all. Certainly. Although that that might be your stock and trade, who knows? But it could sound silly, but it's not necessarily inauthentic. To it's a vocal improvement is self-improvement and so it, as with every aspect of self-improvement it may seem funny or different to people that know you well initially but it's really just a new and improved version of you as you do it so to seek to be clearly heard and understood that's something worth striving for and a way in which to do that is to practice tongue twisters like the lips, the tip of the tongue and the teeth, the lips, the tip of the tongue and the teeth. The lips, the tip of the tongue and the teeth. Okay, so you have a little tongue twister. That is yeah. great. These are very simple things that are within our power to do at any time, and especially if you do them before making presentations. They're warm-up techniques, in other words, so that you can clearly enunciate the words in your script or your bit or your speech, whatever it is that you are presenting. No athlete would run a race before limbering up and, and, and stretching out prior to the workout, yet we go on stage or in front of a camera or in front of a microphone without doing the same sorts of warm-ups for ourselves. That's what these really are. 
Well, thank you, Joshua, Seth. And if you're interested in his online training, go to the description. We have his website in the description. Uh, what is your website again? It's just my name, joshuaseth.com. And I've got lots of free resources there for people as well. Yes. And so just remember that uh, when a door shuts on your career because of the COVID-19, look for a window that opens. There is opportunity out there if you look for it. And if you're interested in having more of a power voice, remember the breath, yawning. Boy, that was relaxing. And practice some tongue twisters before you go on to really then when you get in front of that Zoom meeting, you have a power voice. Thank you, Joshua Seth. Thank you, Judy. For your special gift, go to themessageofyou.com. That's themessageofyou.com and get your free one-year subscription to the Message of You University which is full of lessons to help you find your message and turn it into a book, a TED Talk, or a paid speaking career. That's themessageofyou.com.